This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium. If you live in Los Angeles or you know anyone in Los Angeles who might be family, guess what? The holidays are coming. It would be a perfect time to have an activity that takes place in the center of Hollywood, the crossroads of entertainment, Hollywood and Highland. And what better activity could we recommend than the lone sponsor of this podcast, the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium. Let's say you're here and you're like, oh boy, what a great Thanksgiving meal. And then the Friday rolls around and you're like, oh, I don't want to go to the Grove. It's going to be too busy. Well, guess where won't be too busy to walk around in the auditorium? Because they have fire codes and they can't let too many people in. I'm assuming the Grove doesn't have a fire code, Andy. I don't know about the details of the fire code. Do, <laughs> do you know about the details of the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum I'm Auditorium? I'm sure they have very up-to-date. Oh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, you those wanna, people. You want to have a good time, you go there. You want to be safe, you enjoy yourself some odd things, like some shrunken heads that you're like, is that real or not? Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if they have shrunken heads. I'm just assuming they do because every Ripley's uh, Museum I've ever been to there's a shrunken head or two in there. I don't remember if they have shrunken heads, but uh, our friend Corey Dacey did show me around. They have a ton of really delightful geek stuff in there. Ah, uh, robots and such? Yeah, Star Wars stuff, Star Trek stuff. Ah, uh, sounds like nerd heaven and... Superman stuff. You can get in there for a buy one, get one offer. Two people for $20 after 5.30 p.m. It is worth the price of admission at twice that much. But it's not twice that much. It's two for 20. Go tell them Matt and Andy sent you, and uh, you'll be awarded your BOGO uh, Star Trek TNC special. That's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. Here is some Trek. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the number one Star Trek podcast hosted by Matt and Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. We've beaten all the other Matt and Andys. At Star Trek Podcast. At Star Trek Podcast. There could be two other Matt and Andys <laughs> That's right. dominating there might be a, us elsewhere. a much more successful Matt and Andy. Maybe it's like an NPR podcast I don't know about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I like to qualify Sports, things. anything. Get us a number one uh, however I can. Yeah qualify it uh, could be a Battlestar podcast by Matt and Andy the number one Star Trek podcast that goes routinely over three hours Mm -hmm. that's us I don't even know if that's true if we're number one in that category oh that's a good point we gotta be the longest (laughs) Trek podcast out there no one in their right mind would do a podcast that is as long as the ones we do it's certainly plausible (sighs) I don't know it's a lot of hard drive space yeah (laughs) what happens if there's a nuclear war it all goes down right well, I have a hard like copy. Mag- I have a hard copy sitting here, just in case. The pulse, the uh, 
an EMP, like the GoldenEye satellite? Yeah, does it, if sure. That, does that knock out all of the TNC podcasts? Well, it would certainly create some sort of uh, uh, problem, you know? Maybe we'd have to recreate it best we could from memory, each be, episode. I, you know what? I bet we would be closer than we would want to admit. <laughs> That'd be a nightmare. Because I would have forgotten everything. Well, I would have too. And we we've had the same arguments. Same, yeah, same thoughts, same jokes. Because uh, we're the same people. Sure. But, uh, Andy. Matt? You have a question you're going to ask me, right? I sure do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you have these people watch this episode, Future Imperfect? Uh, well, if you, like I... Love yourself some future trek, like some time travel that isn't quite time travel. Andy, I'd give this episode ten out of ten tomalocks. Then that and tomalock <laughs> being a an adversary, I'm not sure if that's a negative or a positive. Uh, watch it and find out, everybody. <laughs> All right, I love this episode. Anyway, very good. With that, Matt, why don't we just step down the corridor here? Yeah. And uh, see if we can uh, say hello to some of our newest Admiral friends. Well, Andy, in order to do that, I would have had to have had uh, the door code ready to go. Sure. But uh, as you know... It's it's a very exclusive area. I don't know if you know this, but the computer's been pretty slow. Jordy's running a level one diagnostic. I don't know what's going on. Why is everything taking so long? eh, There's no way we're ever going to find out. Computer, open the door. Oh, oh, it worked. What happened? It worked, but Andy, it's okay. You didn't plug in, and that's that's bound to happen every once in a while. Sure. Before Not you do that, episode. let me just turn this down so it doesn't pop on people. Okay. Uh, hang on. I already, I already. Oh, it well, it didn't really pop on anyone. There you go. All right, Andy. It's good that you did that because obviously the computer's been having a problem. <laughs> there's, so there's the a sound cue. Delay, so who knows when that sound cue wasn't really playing? So yeah. let's just try to enter one more time. Okay. That's us leaving. Oh, no, Andy. Well, if that was us leaving. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> what? And that, was the end. that was good. Okay. And now we're going to walk back in. <laughs> okay. Hang on. Right. I don't. Sure. That was half a door. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The door. We'll pretend the door didn't fully close. What was the, what's the episode where there's the most like, the Enterprise is going crazy. What's even happening? Um, there's the one with the nanites that Wesley makes. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple more of these kinds of things that are going to happen later on in the series. Yeah. Uh, certainly, the biggest one I can think of is the nanites. The one where the ten forward glasses start to melt. No, that's Barkley. Uh, what? Where the nanite? Where the glasses start to melt? Oh yeah, was it? Is that in that one? That's a Barkley. Is he in that? What's happening in that one? Oh yeah, no, that's Bar. Everybody's blaming Barkley for it. Oh yeah, it's that uh, the they picked up a uh, something off of the containers right. that were Some broken. Kind of weird virus, and then the Enterprise thing. started going crazy. Right, so very similar. Anyhow, that's our excuse for this episode. Here are a couple of our. Uh, oh, Matt, how do they get into the uh, Admirals Club? Well, if the doors are working. All you have to do is uh, step in that door that we just walked in. Uh-huh. And uh, if you want to be allowed in, sure, you just go ahead and uh, leave yourself a, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's your f- fastest way in the door. You can say whatever you want. Just give us five stars and you're in the Admiral's Club. Our first is from 
JP Fizzlebottom, who says, love this podcast, best Star Trek podcast there is. Hey, it's just sort of like what we were saying. Every minute is great, and anyone who would wish for a minute less of it is crazy. Very on theme. Wow. Thank you. Um, and uh, our next one is from Tariq Singleton, who says, mm-hmm. engaging. <laughs> it's been delightful reliving the early years. Oh, and he's from... Uh, the UK, I believe. He's one of our UK listeners. If you are from the UK or abroad and uh, for whatever reason we will not see your iTunes where we are, uh, please just email it to sttncpod at gmail.com. We'll use the honor system. And uh, and send us a... Well, they can send us an image of their review. They don't have to use the honor system unless they're going to go to the trouble of photoshopping it. And in that case, we're going to put you in anyway. Yeah, because it would take less effort to just do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's been delightful reliving the early years on Next Gener- of Next Generation with Matt and Andy's commentary and has made the London rush hour commute more bearable. He's in the tube, Matt! Well, you don't know that. He could be one of these uh, weird people that drives into London. Could be. It's crazy. Uh, may this podcast live long and prosper at least until we get to season four of Enterprise. Wow. Season four of Enterprise, a.k.a. <laughs> widely thought of as the good one. What? No way. Really? I've never season, heard that. Yeah. Oh, the season four. I see. Sure. In all the in all the Have you shows, right? You've, you know that's an interesting trend. Uh, who knows how good TOS could have been? TOS's season that's three true. is a pile of not great episodes. See, this is not my memory, but I watched them when I was younger, so it'll be interesting to go back to TOS. Yeah, when the hell do we do that, Andy? That's a good we started question. wrong. Well, we definitely have to go to DS9 next. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's the I, order. I would guess we, we would go to TOS after that. No, we have to go to Voyager. You want to go in order, then. And then we have to go to Enterprise. Uh-huh. And then we have to, guess what? Discovery. Why, what? Then the Picard series. You know, this TOS was oh, the original. Boy, oh boy. I know. We just, we fucked ourselves into a weird time loop. <laughs> feel like you're arbitrarily deciding this. Well, I don't uh, decide science. <laughs> Whatever you say. Science decides science. <laughs> we got to go to the resident circle, buddy. <laughs> <Are you> okay? <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, what's the best point in this uh, to give you, to, to present Andy Secunda with uh, a, a small, a tiny, tiny gift? A tiny gift. Yeah. Do we do that here? Should um, we do that in the president's oh, circle? Exciting. Uh, why don't we do it after the hails? Sounds good. Wait. Wait, oh. Matt. Yes, Andy. Um, you're a good man. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, you're a good man too, Andy. Thank you. So that's how desperate I was to buy time before I found the sound effect. I well, said something. Here I said we something go. Complimentary to him. We're heading in, guys. All right. Oh boy. Ha ha. I didn't do anything wrong. That sounded more beautiful than usual. It's so it quiet did sound in here. Majestic. Mostly because I've forgotten to uh, pull up the crowd noise, everybody. Look, um, you do enough of these inside of a week and uh, you forget how they go. We have three entries. It's like uh, reverse, you know? I don't. Andy, what if it was raining inside of the. Uh, it could, you know, we could set. We could probably. The, the, the President's Circle is has the capacity to be set up like a holodeck for different events. Well, this week it's raining. Where is that? That's beautiful. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> seems like it seems like the English countryside. I bet Tariq would be would be comfortable there. Uh, looks like it's Vietnam. Okay. Well, it still looks beautiful. Um, so uh, these are our entries uh, for the uh, or not entries. Our 
awardees. Oh, it's the Christopher Pike Medal of uh, Valor. These are all folks from Valare. Whoa. These are all folks hey, from <laughs> <laughs> He's He's a little punchy because he has just watched. Andy thinks of uh, someone being happy as punchy. Um, I think it reads on you as punchy because your system is its so alien to your system. <laughs> you have trouble processing it in, a, in the way that, uh, I mean, not that I do. I think I act weird when I'm happy, too. <laughs> Andy, you've been happy for every podcast, then, because you're always acting weird. <laughs> Got him! He did. Was he getting a zinger thing? I, 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 you don't have a zinger uh, I, jingle, do we? I zinged him by saying he's always happy. <laughs> Which is a, uh, we all know is a lie. Um, whatever the case, Matt's uh, Red Sox just uh, won. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to date the podcast, Andy. These people will be like, wow, they recorded this that long ago? But don't they know at this point that it's going to be... All right, well, for those of you who don't know, we're like, we're stacking them up ahead of time, and so the hails are going to be... So far, we've gotten to... A little bit random. One whole week ahead. <laughs> Are we only a week ahead? I feel like yes. we're weeks ahead. No, we're only one week oh, ahead. It's really depressing. So probably it'll make no difference this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever the case. Uh, our first awardee is Cosmo Moore, uh, Livingston Picard on Twitter, who says, Matt and Andy, if you had to choose... Oh, by the way, uh, the way you uh, receive your uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Honor is you get selected from our many fine presidents in no. the... Members of the president's circle. Members Stop of the president's calling them circle. presidents. They just, it mistake. goes to their head. They <laughs> think they're the president. Presidents. I really oh, apologize. Oh, boy. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyway, uh, just join the president's circle tier uh, over at our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. And uh, you will have, uh, you will get a subspace shout out at some point in the podcast. And if you go to the Q&A posting uh, for the President's Circle for each month. You can post a question, a comment, whatever you like. And our first is from Cosmo Moore, who says, Matt and Andy, if you had to choose a job on the Enterprise D outside of the main cast, mm-hmm. what would you be? Helmsman, yellow shirt tech guy like Barkley, Barber, waiter in 10 Ford, stellar photographer, whale dolphin guy, uh, that color uniform mops up the holodeck after Riker is in there, yeah, um, it's getting very risque here, Cosmo. Yellow shirt tech or blue shirt medical—that is a biohazard. I'd actually go blue shirt sciences division, which is what that shirt is, and I'd probably work in. Uh, I mean, you gave fartography as a as a as an option there, uh, yeah, which I guess would be charting all the farts on board. Uh, if I could calibrate the sensors to do so, that'd be a lot of fun. Let me ask you this, Matt. Yeah, aren't there? guys that are just like I fly the shuttlecraft in times of danger it always seems like the main cast is flying it themselves but like isn't there like a pilot kind of a deal oh sure they have squadrons of pilots all right I want to be one of them oh there you go Andy you really thought about it and I'm very proud of you Kevin Corteca says if you could define your own Trek show what would it include personally I'd love to see what is happening in the TNG parentheses core universe after the events that caused a certain someone to carve off the Kelvin universe I think there's more question for you sure I think that's you're describing the Picard series I believe that's where it takes place is that how you would define your own Trek show it's in the it's in it's in uh, the prime universe it's not in the Kelvin universe right I think it's in the prime universe yeah, okay. I, I, I would assume it'd have to be 
um, um, any particular area or no I mean I would do I would do whatever's happening on the Enterprise E now who's the crew of the Enterprise E now is it still any of our favorites or any anybody on there that we would remember and it would be as far past Nemesis as we are currently past Nemesis just so I could uh, throw people into it uh, as in guest star roles and it would make sense the last original series Enterprise was what that we saw A Oh, it was A. Yeah. So we jumped to D. Yes. So technically, would the how? But that was how 80 after, years between. Right. So how long after would the E be from the D? The E from the D was immediately after it was destroyed. It was probably like a year and a half later it was built. Well, it was probably a year and a half later. It had to have been being built already. So you wouldn't want to jump one more to F? You would want to stay on E? I assume the E is still going. You know, gotcha. sovereign class ship like that. Sure. Had got, already, a of, already, got a lot of mileage. What's the mileage? Already had enterprise? a refit. Yeah. Uh, Scott I, Burnett, I lastly. You measure it in warp hours. Scott Burnett, lastly, says, uh, all I want to know is what Matt thinks about the latest DMB album. Also, you mentioned you were going to see him live, as did I. How was it? I didn't see them live. Sorry, Scott. Uh, I wanted to. Have you heard the latest album? I did. I listened to it two times. Okay. Uh, which is the lowest I've ever listened to any DMB album. And it's not by virtue of the fact that I just didn't like it. It's just by virtue of the fact that I haven't really had time. My priorities have shifted towards when I'm consuming media. It generally tends to either be for a podcast. Right. Or, um, you know, it's in the car and I'm listening to, you know, the podcasts I like, which are usually guitar related. Right. You know. So you're saying, generally speaking, you don't have time to consume a lot of other media. Yeah, I used to be. My, I used to listen to music a lot more. Uh, you know, I have a you know like uh, other night, Friday night maybe. Yeah, Friday night I popped open an iTunes playlist and sort of played along with everything that was coming up um, right. on my guitars, and that was fun. Right. But that was actually I the particular playlist I was listening to, Andy, was uh, party songs of the '60s and '70s. Uh huh. So it was a lot of like. You know, what kind? Twist in the Night Away by Sam Cooke or Chubby Checker's Twist or wow. Dancing in the Street. Huh. Uh, you know, some Marvelettes. Yeah, sure. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Very, of, uh, very Motown-y upbeat. stuff. Uh, some some um, James Brown. Sure. in there, too. Yeah. It was good. It was a good time. And you were playing along to it? Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah, you know, I pull, up the, pull up the cords on uh, the internet or an app on my iPad, and I'm ready to go along. You know how to enjoy yourself at home alone. I feel like... Yes, uh, yes I do. Like a lot of times I'm at home alone, and I'm like, eh, I got no joie de vivre. Well, you know, I always have too many things I want to be doing, you know? And when I can finally settle on one, it's it's good. Uh-huh. Well, that's the end of the uh, president circle, and we're <laughs> done with the... Um, Way to go, everybody. Thank you for With participating in handing our, out our awards and in our in our show and uh, computer uh, and rain. Thank you. Of course, we're still wet because that's how the holodeck works. Well, for now, computer exit. I should have said arch. Anyway, yeah. long story short, we're leaving the Admirals Club and heading to the hallway. For some hails. All right. Whoops, I walked back into the door. I wish I was fucking doing this on purpose so you could be annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) It's never going to end.
just can't i can't take another uh, accidental uh, door situation so i'm just gonna go ahead and beam us out to the hallway that seems reasonable now that we're in the hallway yeah. Matt, why don't we do the decent thing and open the hailbag okay captain, captain we are being hailed uh our first hail uh is from Matthew Gayford, who writes us uh, with the title Nerdy Baby Names. Hey, Andy, this email is in relation to you saying that a potential parent would have to slip the name Secundus past their loved one uh, should they want to use it for a child. I am currently living in real-life Trek-centric universe, a real-life Trek-centric universe of this scenario, uh, in my wife and I's ongoing conversation regarding... Conversations. Man, it's late, guys. Regarding baby names, she has repeatedly said... It's 9.30. It's yeah, but I woke You're up real early. You perform at night, you I know. Woke you do up early. a lot of night I had a shows. friend in town who had to leave early, and then uh, you could have napped. Well, whatever. Um, I don't nap well. Are you? You're. No, I, I hate you're, napping. Oh, really? I, I, I would it. peg you for a good napper. Oh, I hate naps. Hate them. I can't fall asleep in the middle of the day. Napping for me is always when I feel like the lowest form of human. I feel like I waste like it's. <laughs> oh, you just, just self hate. Like, it feels like napping. time wasted if I accidentally will fall asleep. I never intentionally take a nap. I can't even. I can't even do it if I try. I have to be forced to do it hmm. by my body. Whatever the case, in my wife and I's ongoing conversations regarding baby names, she has repeatedly said that she loves the name Miles for a boy. I also like it for multiple reasons, but as she is not a Trek fan, I've hidden the fact that one of them is in association with everyone's favorite transporter chief, <laughs> Chief of Station Operations. I have to, I've had to preemptively bring several of my nerdier friends into the deception before uh, she mentions it to them so they don't blow this chance for me. If we do have a boy, I figure I will just start jokingly calling him Chief as a diminutive and wait to uh, for her to do the detective work. We'll also probably have to forego the family middle names if we go with Miles because as a Massachusetts man like Matt uh, can probably tell you Miles Jameson Arden Gayford is painfully Anglo-Irish sounding. And he finishes with Slint Mahath probably pronouncing that wrong do you know the correct celtic pronunciation no it's a cheers of toast of some kind matt another matt um do you you guys decided on a name yet we have not uh we read through our 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 list of names on on the excellent adventure patreon podcast do they get to choose that should be like the highest patreon level they do not get to choose you could set a number i've I've pitched it to dory you should set a million dollar number okay okay well, what if our baby then gets is named like stamps dot com? <laughs> Isn't that worth a million dollars? I don't know. <laughs> Stammy. Stamps dot com Myra. <laughs> Good old Stammy Myra. That's oh, a great name. Hey, look, it's Bombus. <laughs> um this one's from Ian Russell. Family. It's, uh, hey, it's Ripley's Believe It or Not Myra. <laughs> Corey Daisy has that kind of catch. <laughs> um Oh, and he says By the way, yes. Ripley's a great name. Ripley's but it's a girl's a great name, name, right? It's a girl's name. I always think girl because of Also, I, I would be happy because of the alien connection. Yeah, no, that's exactly why I think girl. Right. Ripley Myra, that's amazing. That is a good name. That'd be great if this has happened right Should here. We add this to the list. <laughs> Definitely. Ripley Myra's amazing. It's a fucking solid name. Yeah. All right. Well, let's I keep love going. Love it. Um 
So Ian Russell says, Hi, guys. On the last episode, Matt mentioned seeing a based-on-premise buy in the credits of Family. This was a while back. The following entry, but I remember we have conversations like this, so I thought this was interesting. The following entry can be found in Memory Alpha. The Jack Crusher Crusher subplot based upon the spec script submitted by Susan Lambden and Brian Stewart. Pillar recalled that Crusher's holotape speech really hit home for him as the episode was produced soon after the birth of his own daughter. Mm-hmm. Disengage. So it was a it was a subplot they pulled out of a spec script, and that's why they gave them partial credit. Look, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get a, it's, it's very nice of them to do that. I agree. Trek only franchise that ever did that. Brian James Demott writes us. Hey guys, love the show. Not sure if anyone has pointed this out yet, but I thought it was a fun correction. Oh, this I'm this I gotta I gotta save this. this That's is a, a correction and or omission. Prime correct. Oh, connection, not a correction. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, connections and omissions. Oh, That's yeah. not us. Um, Ishari Yar uh, yes. was played by Beth Toussaint. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Uh-huh. Who in real life was married to Jack Coleman, who played Senator Robert Lipton on The Office. And who, in the episode Fundraiser, shared the screen with one Andrew Secunda, which was uh, Andy. What a what a one degree of separation. Really, <laughs> it really is. You and I'm the new Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, and the last one, you'd is, be you'd be a you'd be a good six degreeer. I don't think I would. I don't think you I'm would. You've done you've done enough. Parts. Yeah, but like things that you have been on, you have a lot like, of people. Oh, Billy Crystal is. Does it work with anybody, or do you really need it to be someone like Kevin Bacon? I think it works with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I would. You definitely would be have like a ton of people from Nerdist, but I don't know if you're counting. Yeah, you don't count podcasts, but like certainly like things I've been on. Why don't you? Why don't we have a podcast? Six degrees of separation. Well, then I would be the probably the greatest. It should be the Matt Myers six degrees of podcast there separation. You go. I don't think there's anybody. Ah, Paul F. Yes, Paul yeah. F. is connected. Well, Matt, Matt Gorley actually would probably be there. You there go. Too. Um, so right. this, pff, yeah, found two people who are better than me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that they're better. Well, they're, they're certainly better at being connected by degrees of separation in podcasts. I don't even. Damn know. it, Andy! I don't even know if that's true. Um, my point is this: uh, um, yeah, there's been a lot of hubbub lately. Matt has uh, has uh, been under fire. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know. By the way, the the people in the Facebook group are completely. I don't know if you peaked, but they're they're just they miss you so much, Matt. So are they? Have <laughs> they? Yeah, they've really even... been reaching out, night writing, writing a million nice things. About I have you, so not actually checked in in a long you, time. If uh, you if you if you care to, you have a lot of uh, positive affirmation. Oh, that's in, very kind. In our Facebook group, there's a good group in there. Um, but uh, Ken Molay uh, wrote a very <laughs> elaborate uh song um parody song in reference to your uh your recent struggles <laughs> and uh and uh here it is you know it's funny is yes. i have so many struggles i don't know which one this is <laughs> i think he, he touches on many of them here you go it's an instrumental beginning I've given you podcasts I've dished up the dirt You've given me nothing (laughs) But heartache and hurt I've had it with face group I'm down in the dumps You chumps Let me be I texted to Wesley Explicated the ship 
I brought in Will Riker. You've given me lip. <laughs> I've tried to support you. Very well done. Through season one slumps. You chumps. Let me be. I've given you sound cues and nonsense to keep you amused. I've listened to voice hails and hail bags, and still I'm abused. I've tried to add time codes and intros to cut through the crud. I've cut up the podcast and posted in two parts, but you all still call for my blood. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I've given you hours of free repartee. Looks like you're not happy, unless you get your way. I wanted to have fun. Now I'm ill at ease. Oh, jeez. Oh, 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 please. Let me be. There you go, pal. That was beautifully done. That was uh, the effort you put into that. I want you to know. I fully fully appreciate it and thank you for that that was very nice of you think of all the rhymes he spit he spit I mean, a lot of rhymes come on. I, I know he, he went to the chump well more than i would have liked because uh i don't think of them as chumps but <laughs> they are ungrateful sons of bitches sometimes <laughs> sure um all right and the last thing is we have a prime corrective okie dokie i like to be corrected in the prime universe time for a retrospective this is one that Andy got wrong, not Matt. Uh, and it's regarding Hunt for Red October. Uh, several episodes back, um, I referred to Sam Neill mm-hmm. uh, saying the word Armageddon in the opening, and mm-hmm. then that was how they transitioned out of the Russian. And David Crimsley writes us, uh, Lieutenant David Crimsley. Um, you probably already had some men- someone mention this, but it was Zumpolit, political officer, even Ivan Putin, Peter Firth, that said, Arm- I didn't even remember Peter Firth was in this, Armageddon, when they switched from Russian to English. Putin was rooting through Ramius' stuff and was reading from the Bible that Ramius had annotated. You guys said it was Sam Neill. It was me. Sam Neill played the executive officer, Vasily Borodin. Well, I thought it was Tim Curry, so we were both wrong. Uh, protocol note for Matt, Ramius was a captain first rank. Borden and Putin were both captains second rank. Um, and then he also added, really enjoyed the Iron Man podcast, which cool. is available in our president's circle. Uh, thank you for enjoying the Iron Man podcast. Look forward to uh, all of you ca- checking out the Hulk, which by the time you all hear this is available for our president's circle members. It's the second of the Marvel movies marveling with matt and andy continues and then he adds at the end i spent 18 years at lockheed martin which is very cool cool. they did a lot of didn't they shoot a lot of iron man stuff there but didn't want to watch that movie until after i left for apple like a year later the stark logo being such an obvious ripoff of the lm logo (laughs) and the appearance of the f-22 was both fun and a bit uncomfortable coming from the from strategic nuclear deterrence and missile defense Jeez, that's so neat and terrifying. I always took comfort in the uh, fact that unless we were in a nuclear war, my stuff wouldn't kill anyone. Uh, also, it's super weird to see uh, the logo at Disney's California Adventure, where they're replacing a Bugs Land with Marvel Land. Best David Crimsley, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor recipient. <laughs> well done, sir. And that is it. My All friend. right, Andy. 
It is time for you to close the hail bag. It sure is. Frequencies closed, sir. And it's time for Andy to receive his gift. Oh, that's right. I had a gift coming. So I was poking around on the... Uh, on the Etsy. Big fan of Etsy at this point, Andy. Yeah. I like to purchase things over there. Sure. And uh, I came across a, 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 two, a set of two stickers. And I said, you know who needs these stickers more than anyone I know? Andy Secunda. <laughs> and I just want to plug PJ McQuaid, uh, who does, uh, he's at pjmcquaid.com. You can also find him on Etsy. He makes the best pop culture art. In fact, I found on his website a birthday card Andy had even given me. Oh, there you go. Andy, was that the Quint one? It was indeed. Yeah. Andy Secunda. Yes. Here we go. Let's let's start with this one. <laughs> Dr. Solar sticker. Oh, it's Chewy. Right? But what are you going to need to go with this Chewy? You're going to need the best Han. Empire hey, Han. Empire Han. Ooh, these yeah. are beautiful. So I thought, so you know who nice. needs a set of these stickers? Andy Thank Secunda. You. I don't know where he's going to put them. I know. Could the they problem could is go I got anywhere. a lease, so if I put them on the car, then Don't put them on the car. You could put them on like a... What should I put them on? Uh, I'm trying to think here. Uh, you know, if you have a, if you have a, a nice sturdy notebook you like to keep notes in uh, you could put them on say an iPad case or uh, you know I don't know just uh, whatever whatever tickles your fancy if I'm not I mean, mistaken you can also put them on the fridge they're not magnets per se but you could just, oh, yeah, stick just them put on the them fridge that I yeah. can do that if I'm not mistaken I believe that this is Han in the moment when he is saying must have hidden pretty close to the mark to get her all riled up like that huh kid Either that or take it easy. One of those two moments. His arms are crossed and he looks a little befuddled. So I like to think of him as a right before he says laugh it up, fuzzball. That I know that's not when it happens. And then and then Chewy is laughing in this yeah. in this sticker. Yeah, sure. I'll yeah. buy that too. That's what I want to imagine. Yeah. So Andy Such I'll, a big laugh I'll that. be your fuzzball. Thanks, pal. You can be my Han. Thanks, Chewy. We oh, wow. really that's did it. Big, I know. It's a big of me. Big to offer. Say. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I just want to have the longevity to make it through the whole franchise. <laughs> Somebody make that <laughs> fan art immediately. <laughs> uh, anyway, that does it for Gift Corner. Uh, and uh, I suppose it is time for us to talk about future imperfect, which I, we might as well call it future perfect. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what you mean at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works as a metaphor. I don't think it works as a pun. <laughs> uh, um, this now, is uh, number 182. Before aired, you do this, man. Well, Andy, I have to wait, unless we have a thing I'm missing. The same track? Yeah, no, I say the date that it aired. I say the date. Okay. And I then, wasn't sure you were we, gearing up to And to I remember I say, thing. Andy, what happened there? No, week? absolutely. I just didn't know. You had to let you. you Future Imperfect production number one. Um, if my voice is a little gone, I've been yelling a lot the last two days. Uh, this aired the week of November 12th, uh-huh. 1990. Andy, tell 90s. us a little bit of what, what was happening in the world that week. Matt, you as listeners kept Love Takes Time by Mariah Carey. Sure, sure. At the top. Okay. We'll be hearing had momentarily. The, uh, had the... Um, had the British finally weaned off of the terrible football song, the they novelty had. football song, and it became Unchained Melody? Oh, that's right. We did by that the last Righteous week Brothers too. Um, was enjoying another week of popularity. Memories of Midnight by Sidney Sheldon was a bestseller, and Child's Play Two took the lead at the box office. Um, it's funny these movies that, in my mind, were just like, oh, that was just a, a practically a straight to DVD movie, and they were. 
like number one hits. Well, years before DVD, Andy, it would have been impossible. Well, I just mean that they were that size of, like, not a big hit. But I guess in those days... Well, it's also like November, kind of the dregs of the box office months. Didn't have much competition, is what you're saying. Well, you know, I'm not taking away anything from Child's Play, the Child's Play franchise, Chucky, or Star Trek alumnus, uh, what's-her-face from Star Trek Four. Sure. Spatial Atlantis embarks on STS-38, a classified U.S. military mission. And Marvel Comics published the first issue of Extinction Agenda crossover series with the uh, release of Uncanny X-Men 270. It's <laughs> an interesting detail to throw in there. Um, Time Magazine's cover featured a pair of dramatically lit figures with the caption, Ready for War, Pentagon partners Dick Cheney and Colin Powell, Powell have troops in place. Now they're waiting for the word. <laughs> well, they got the word, and we got Desert Storm. Yep. Uh, all right, Andy. Mariah's really... What what you you named that last week? The vocal hitting multiple notes with one note. What did we call that? We called that a thing. Anyway, uh, I looked it up. You're saying? I don't know. You just I thought you had known it off the top of your head, but it turns out you didn't. This is directed by Les Landau, Future Imperfect. This is from the Larry Nemechek Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. And I suppose we can fade Mariah out. I know love takes time, but it also takes time to read this. Okay. We are going to go ahead. This is written by J. Larry Carroll and David Bennett Karen. Very similar names in a weird way. Carol, Karen, Larry, David, uh-huh. J. Sure. Bennett. I got to go. <laughs> All right. This is uh, after having passed out during a mission to Alpha Onias 3, Riker awakens to an unbelievable scene. 16 years have passed. He's now the captain of the Enterprise and a widow with a teenage son. Widower, sorry. Uh, Dr. Crusher explains that during his mission to Alpha Onias 3, he contracted a virus that only recently became active. The virus wiped out his memory of the years since then. Riker also discovers that a peace treaty with the Romulus is about to be signed and that his one-time nemesis, Tomalak, is now an ambassador. He's on board the Enterprise as is Admiral Picard. I don't know if I would go so far as to say that Tomalak is Riker's nemesis. I don't know that Tomalak is anyone's nemesis. I just enjoy him when he pops up. I do, too. Uh, Riker senses nothing, something is wrong uh, when the ship's computer takes on the usually long time to respond to his queries about his missing years. He then discovers his late wife was Minuet, an ideal woman cra- created for him by the Binars. When he confronts Tomalak with his knowledge, the scene dissolves into a Romulan holodeck with only Tomalak remaining. Riker is then thrown into a dungeon with his son, who turns out to be a boy who was also captured by the Romulans. The boy then helps him escape, but makes another reference to Ambassador Tomalak. Finally, the boy reveals the truth. He's an alien named Barash, who is who captured Riker and devised the elaborate memory loss scenario to keep him company during his exile. Riker then invites the youngster uh, to return with him to the Enterprise. Boy, oh boy. I really, this is my kind of episode for some reason. <laughs> is uh, it? Yeah, I, you know, first of all, uh, Barash is my most terrifying kind of alien. I'm most terrified of greys. You know, big-eyed uh, gray <laughs> alien. <laughs> Even with that voice? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe even especially with that voice, Andy. Uh-huh. Let's just go ahead and dive into a birthday celebration. All right. Oh, oh, slowing down the computer is slow. It's probably because I'm in a simulation. 
Andy, why's the computer taking so long? I'm on the Wi-Fi network, but nothing is happening. I can write songs. I brought you here so that you could keep me company, Matt. <laughs> Andy, if you revealed yourself at one point to be a barrage, yes. uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that makes all the sense now. I get it. Well, Andy, I'm going to try to fire up the old Enterprise uh, episode machine here one more time. There we go. Captain's log, stardate 4428 6.5. The Enterprise is conducting a security survey of the Onias sector near the neutral zone. Despite our proximity to Romulan territory, the mission has been quiet and uneventful. All right, Commander, you've got until your next birthday to get that right. Some things improve with age. Maybe your trombone playing will be one of them. It's candle time, birthday. Why is she so mean right there? Where's your air horn? So what did you wish for, Will? Music lessons. <laughs> I mean, 100,000% he forgot the line. Really? You think so? Oh, you don't think so with that? It's definitely a weird delivery. I'll give you that. Oh, that's a that's a clear... Oh, let's just hear it one more time, everybody. Okay. So Some things see. improve with age. Maybe your trombone playing will be one of them. <laughs> it's candle time, birthday boy. Oh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, Hi. So what did you wish for, Will? music lessons <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it yes that yeah, seems reasonable a thousand percent yes. and you know what I like that they left it in yeah because it wasn't it, it's not so off-putting that you're like taken out of it yeah but like when you look at it like that you're like eh, enjoy that thanks for leaving that in I don't know I don't, I don't <laughs> that, that, that delivery line weirded, weirded me out but oh now you get it now it makes more sense yeah. Mr. Data we must hurry or we must come out of Riker's party sir I find it interesting how much importance humans place on celebrating the day of their birth, a day they cannot possibly remember. Captain, I am detecting some unusual fluctuations in subspace frequencies. Honey, you're not going to believe it. Today, on the set, they gave me a line, and I got to talk to the captain of the ship. Who is this Follow that up with, uh, (laughs) you're not going to believe it, everybody down here on the lower decks, but I was on the bridge, and the sensor started going, and I had to tell the captain... This guy gets a lot of airtime. Well, I mean, you have to have the party, right, with everybody down there. Uh-huh. No one left to deliver that line. I guess. Oh, he, guess it, Data was there. Data was busy asking about birthdays. Source. <laughs> the third planet of the Could you have been looking at the thing and then there a, a beep comes up on the, on the panel? Boy, you really like taking away lines from a guy that delivered it <laughs> I found with him. enough confidence that I would say that he didn't even have to attend Andy Secunda School of Specific Acting because he nailed it. Perhaps reports I found incorrect. him obtrusive. <laughs> just because you hadn't seen him before. Uh, no, I don't know. It just seems like it's a lot of... Also, the way it's shot is like let's he's just got his own shot. It's just, it's just a little odd. <laughs> Was that Gleason? I don't know. Maybe the rumors of a secret Romulan base in this sector are true. It's Gleason. He's a lieutenant. Picard, Commander Riker. I apologize for interrupting your celebration, but I'm going to need an away team. Would you report to the bridge, please? I'm not going to answer. I have cake in my mouth. That's weird, right? <laughs> that is a little odd. I'm on my home. I'm on my home. 
Mm. Although Alpha Onias 3 is a Class M planet, our survey teams have listed it as barren and inhospitable. Any life signs? No, sir. But we have traced residual energy readings to a cavern two kilometers beneath the surface. Romulans. It is possible. <laughs> Worf, uh, piping in. Worf is probably like, had I actually been on that ship and, uh, someone was saying something about if I was going to Riker's birthday party, the way he said Romulans is the way I would have gone like, sheet cake. <laughs> like, I can't fucking wait to fight that sheet cake <laughs> and put it in me. <laughs> Uh, all right. So they go Excited. beam down. Is the guy still standing there in the background? No, he is not. <laughs> all right. Also, who's the transporter chief? Again. There's a bunch of people I don't. Uh, who are these people? Where's O'Brien? It's a. It's there's a thousand people on board, Andy. We gotta. Meet, we gotta meet others at some point. Oh God, the transporter's not working. This is what it's like sometimes when we try to end the show. That's true. This is what happens when you don't have O'Brien running everything. Look, I think that that is a valid uh, criticism. She's like a temp transporter operator. I bet she's just there for the day. She's usually Dr. she's like a floater, so does different is jobs. This, is this the first time we've seen Nurse Ogawa? Oh, is she a big character? She's uh, she's a recurring. She's mm-hmm. a recurring mm-hmm. character, Nurse Ogawa. I think this might be... Uh, oh, this is it. Patty, thank you, uh, Larry, for answering this. Uh, Patty Yasutake began her continuing role as, uh, as a nurse here. She would only... Uh, she would go on to acquire not only a name but even a personality by season five. Seems like uh, a little bit of a burn there. It's also, by the way, a little bit of a stretch, Larry. <laughs> name and a personality. By the way, doesn't she have an? Yeah, I mean, she has a personality in the sense that she's a nurse. <laughs> she's a nurse, and like you, you know, you meet her. She has some lines here and there, but it's not like she's like she's not. O'Brien-esque in the sense of how we find out more about O'Brien throughout the years. Yeah. But she's, it's good to see her. I, I do always think of Nurse Ogawa as Beverly Crusher's number one. Beverly. Will, you remember me. That's good. What else do you remember, Captain? Captain. Andy, what'd you think of the cold open? Really liked it. I, I, you know, I, I can't wait. I don't know anything about what you think about this episode yet. You've revealed none of your feelings, I except know. that you didn't like a line delivery. You didn't like a person that was given a line, and you didn't like the transporter chief. I did not like that. That's them. three just, things already, and we're out of the cold open finally. I was just disturbed Andy. by their presence, that's all. <laughs> and it's odd that in an episode where it's like, now let's depart from our reality, they didn't put the... You know they're putting all these people that we don't know in there. But I love the I love the twist. I love that he wakes up and it's Captain. I like the gray beard. Love, it. love the gray beard. I like the uniform having the different com badge that tells How your you rank. Feel? No pips anymore. That's understandable considering. Oh, because it's happened. the future. Yeah. Oh, smart. Uh, what what has happened? What happened to Sickbay? To you? Why is water clear now? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, you're hey. sicker than we thought. Sit down, Captain. Captain, I am Commander William T. Riker. What is going on here? Sit, please. What is the last thing that you remember clearly? The Red Sox won the World Series. Alpha Onias 3. Forgetting my line in 10 forward? Jordy <laughs> Worf and I transported down 
track the source. But all you found there was toxic gas. They barely had time to get the three of you out. I think had uh, Matt Myra of Stellar Photography been around, he could have spotted that toxic gas before they moved in. Is that what they do? What did I just do? You made it a Boom, thing. I made it a bit. I made it a it. bit. You I circled it, it. Oh, thank you. Livingston Picard, if I could high-five you right now, I would. But I can't. Will, that happened 16 years ago. I like how, by the way, um, in the future, these mirrors um, still have like an Elkar's design to them. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I guess. I guess it'd be that's futury. They they made the metal. Well, I also think it's like, well, we need him to see himself somehow. I guess just put mirrors up. <laughs> <laughs> that's not possible. With an Altarian virus, anything is possible. In fact, we've Damn been expecting this. It's more like uh, Altarian motives. Shut up, Andy. Could you be more specific? That day on Onias 3, you were infected with a strain of Altarian encephalitis, a retrovirus that incorporates its DNA directly into the cells of its host. It can lie dormant for many years and then suddenly become active again, as it did in your case ten days ago. You have been in a coma, delirious. Your feet. How does she know he was delirious if he was in a coma? She can't read that on the scanners. I guess she was reading the scanner and going like, he must be delirious right now. Look at his delirious levels are off the charts. <laughs> his consciousness is waning, but his delirium is just bananas. Nurse Ogawa, take a look at this. He is in 78% delirium right now. <laughs> but what happened to my memory? Replaced by delirium. Let me show you a scan of your brain tissue. It's so cool. We can do this now. When the encephalitis became active, it caused widespread synapse degradation, interrupting the consolidation of your memory patterns. Doctor. <clears throat> Doctor, cut the shit. Also, I love, by the way, this these buttons. Yeah. Neural activity. Uh-huh. Central nervous system. Is there a delirium button? <laughs> circulatory activity. Cellular activity. These are the four buttons she has available to her. Uh-huh. I just think it's good design. Sure. Way to go, Okudas. Imaginary Beverly Crusher is a, is a pretty good doctor, I do guess. Back to the moment <laughs> of the original infection, in your case, all the way back to Alpha Onias 3. I don't believe this is... By the way, could you imagine? I know they'd never, ever, 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 ever do this in television. Uh, this would be fucking awesome if the show was this from now on. It just from that point forward? Yeah. Oh, so amazing. Like, if they were like, oh, fuck, we got a... Uh, Patrick Stewart only has signed on for, like, three a year at this point. We got to figure this out. Just and jump that's to the what future. they decided to and do. And then you spend a bunch of time... I See, this is the thing. I feel like Discovery makes those kind of jumps. I mean, they jumped six months into the future. But, I mean, you know, they make... They take big swings about... It's a whole different ballgame now um, that I really appreciate. Yeah. And sometimes that, you know, that you can go way off the tracks. But that I would love that with this. I mean, isn't that kind of what The Good Place has done? You would have to tie, obviously, it couldn't be this stupid thing. You would have to tie it into... Um, um, no, 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 but I'm saying, what I'm saying is, like, why not? Why not it be this virus? And he's just lost the last 16 years. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I don't even, I don't want a different explanation. I guess I liked 
the, part of the thing that I have, the problem I have with this episode. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa! Andy's true colors are finally coming out. Oh, brother! There he is. He's got his DeForest T-shirt, which kind of looks like a Dodger T-shirt because it's from Brooklyn, just like the Dodgers. So he's gonna bring his baseball agenda into the podcast. <laughs> wow, you're so sensitive. Even a DeForest shirt that looks like a Dodger <laughs> shirt is problematic for you. <laughs> Um, I stand by my team, DeForest Pizza. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I was saying, but it was great. Your problem with the virus. Um, and I'm saying, like, why can't that be the way the show goes? I guess I now? just, I like the mystery element of this episode. And oh, I feel so like, you'd rather a serialized, you're pitching. Like, clearly this, this was all bullshit. Like, yeah. clearly you know something is up. And it's not the thing she's saying it is. And I love that. And I love, like, slowly unraveling it and him figuring it out. And and contrary to other mystery episodes. So you, want, like, a, you want a mystery box. I just want... I you don't want, want a mystery wanna, box. I want, want a, a better J. mystery J. inside the box. J.J. Verse. I want an actual satisfying reveal to the mystery inside the box. Did you find the final reveal to the mystery inside the box at all satisfying? No. I found this to be... And I, a little spoiler here, guys. I found this to be one of the coolest episodes of TNG I've ever seen with one of the stupidest endings I've ever seen. Oh, you're not at all wrong. Okay. Because you also want it. You want to, like, you kind of want to visit. You want to go back on the ship with that little alien and, like, and see what his talk to that alien for a little right. while. Like, just get a little time out. That alien wasn't even in... He wasn't even the thing. It was like the technology was making all the decisions. It was... It's all... Dream. Feel my hand. There's it so many good things bone. about these epi- this episode. This and I And, I, and uh, it's so baffling that it ends the way it does. <gasps> Andy, I just unplugged the headphones out of just shock. You couldn't bear to listen to me anymore. I couldn't. Or have me hear myself. <laughs> all right. And you are, in fact... Captain William T. Riker, in command of the Enterprise. Look at my hairdo. That's proof enough. Klingons don't seem to be affected by the virus. Speaking of Klingons... There have been quite a few changes on the Enterprise during the last 16 years. We've got got new stickers on the door. Decade. Uh, A lot of Klingons. Walked by a a female Klingon lieutenant. Yeah. Belay that order. We should begin the associational therapy in your quarters. Personal recollections are always the most vivid. My life was on the main bridge always has been if anything's going to jog my memory main bridge repeat command i said main bridge computer's been slow all morning processing attenuator is down commander laforge has been running a level one diagnostic on it to isolate the problem i mean just i know this is a fake reality uh but the fact that she knows that is weird to me i feel like she's should have been in sick bay all day with the captain (laughs) Like, she shouldn't have been at the morning briefing where we find out that Jordy's running a level one diagnostic on the on the ship's computer being slow. Oh, you're saying the protocol that's being played out there is not accurate. Yeah, I think it's odd that she would know. But couldn't that fall into the category of... Yes. Yeah. That they're, like, scrambling and... Yeah, yeah. totally. Right. Totally. That's, that's like, my second hint that something's awry. <laughs> It's good to see you up and about again, sir. Great reveal. You can see. What to you, <laughs> My bicep. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I Dr. got Pers- I got shitty regular eyes recently. <laughs> Listen, you might not remember. I haven't needed a visor since I got these cloned implants, Captain. 
Do you think uh, LeVar Burton was like, I got to do some real eye acting in this one. Really show my stuff. I mean, LeVar's always <laughs> been so emotive with his eyes anyway. That, yeah. uh, it's just uh, nice for him to be able to play with them, you know, or uh, to have them available to him, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, I like these panels over here. This feels good. Keep it. Why so it's are different. We? They, that's like a different design. They changed the bridge. Yeah, in a the bridge ways. usually has like that, uh, like suede, that suede leather on those panels. Oh, interesting. You know, that's nice. I like the detail. Like the Got scar. Worf has a scar. How did he get that? One well, of the many uh, people beating we'll him find up. Out later. Do they say? When he asks and he yells at him about not knowing. <laughs> oh. Welcome back, Captain. But we don't find. We were not out. expecting to see you no. on the bridge so soon. Commander Data, you're my first officer. Do you remember, sir? I guess this is the thing, Matt. To your point, yeah. All this, all these details are great. That 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 um, that Data's uh, now you know second in command. He's in a different uniform. That that you got the Frangi on the bridge. You got mm-hmm. Jordy. All these jumps forward are amazing. They're great extrapolations in a way, frankly, that developments in shows usually don't do when they have much less time to figure out what the changes are going to be in a show, or much more time to figure out what the changes are going to be. Yeah. All this stuff is great. And in the end, there is no connection to backstory and everything because it's all kind of like, no, it's just a thing with this computer. Yeah, it's essentially it. a dream episode, you know? Right. But in a way that, in a, in but a, it's a sci-fi show, so like do a real alternate well, they, reality. Andy, I mean, yes, it's not an actual it's dream, not a mirror universe. I, it's a it's a sci-fi show, so they went uh, with the whole like, it's like Trelane, you know, or uh, an alien, a lonely bored alien, you know. You know, I don't even mind that it's obviously an illusion. I just don't like where it lands. You prefer it to be the Romulan plot. That'd be cool, or, or something for more nefarious Data, than that. I remember today for the last sixteen years, Captain Warbird uncloaking on screen. Shields up, red alert. At this point, though, so cool. I uh, wish at this point, fake Doctor Crusher was like. Um, Will, this is kind of why I said you should go to your quarters. <laughs> we were it is it is a little strange There's that everybody no knows he's got amnesia and they're just like, yes, what do we do, Captain? <laughs> it's like, no, Absolutely. you're off duty for a little <laughs> while, pal. Really, I need to be briefed. Yeah. Captain, the Decius is hailing us. The Admiral wishes to speak to you. <laughs> I like Data's nod, where he's like, you can take this one. It's Picard. <laughs> you're fine. Screen. Admiral Picard. Deanna? How are you feeling? I've been better. Not surprising. Terrian viruses can be a nasty business. I like the thing it's an kind of a Salvador Dali. But it's got this after we've transported over. Yeah, like the Old goatee, the, long, yeah. the longer grown out <laughs> hair. It's really nice. Coils had collapsed. And by the way, and I read on it in Star Trek 365, they were going for like a subtler makeup. Really nice work in a way that you don't see in an episodic like just like everybody's just enough of a touch of age that it's not distracting and it's believable totally yeah good nice bags under his eyes you know I like the longer hair and the goat you and the Enterprise the Romulans were impressed to say the least after years of distrust and conflict they started to talk you were our key spokesman in securing the alliance with the Romulans 
how far have these negotiations progressed? The preliminaries are over. All we need to do now is escort the Romulan ambassador to the final session. Where you will complete the negotiations and sign the treaty. Captain. Admiral. I am in no condition to negotiate with the Romulans or with anyone else. What if that was your last name, Admiral? And you became captain? You're, You're Captain Admiral? Love it. <laughs> really? Ensign Admiral, get over here. Have you discussed oh, yes. the name Captain Myra? Found no, no <laughs> If you are properly briefed, you'll still be able to fulfill your duty. With a 16-year gap in my head? We do need you. Anything familiar? Oh, boy. Hi, Dad. This is a crazy town that no one tells him before he walks in. By the way, I would love it if he had that tiny beard. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Dad. (laughs) That's clearly my son. (laughs) Good times. Throws his leg over a chair. Remember me, do you? Sorry. I need to talk to your father, Jean-Luc. Would you mind leaving us alone just for a moment? But I live here. <laughs> but I'm an alien. Alright. I'm sorry, Will. Um, this kid, by the way. Bad guy from uh Robocop 2. The kid? Isn't he? Is he? Isn't he? Isn't this a... What would that have been? 1990-something? It probably would have been 89 or 90. 90. I mean, essentially, the kid looks exactly the same. Uh, I don't see RoboCop on here, pal. Really? Do a search. Am I thinking of the other kid? I don't know what kid you're thinking of. I'm not that familiar with RoboCop 2. Only RoboCop 1. Oh, you don't like Alan Moore? Um, You mean Frank Miller? Is that what I meant? Why did I say Alan Moore? Wrong uh, comic book hero. By the way, slash side note, old weird guy. I read, and I, you know, you can, there's a lot, a lot of controversial stuff about Frank Miller, but uh, though I was so obsessed with Dark Knight, um, but uh, I read the original script to RoboCop Two that Frank Miller wrote. Yeah, and it was amazing. And the final film is so lame. Uh. <laughs> Look, I liked it for what it was as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it was really creepy to see uh, Irving, Irving Kirshner, your director of your favorite movie of all time, Not Empire Strikes time, Back. But it's in the top. All right. Sorry. It's, uh, well, so what? It's, it's Kurosawa and Kirshner. Probably. They're, they're, they're right at the top. You're double K over here. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I remember, I mean, this, this kid was in a lot of stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing in particular, Matt. That I remember him from. Secundas claim to fame. I know him from something big. <laughs> the big thing I know like, from is... Legitimately, that's my favorite <laughs> fucking <laughs> thing we have to play all the time. It's Dream On. That's what I knew him from. Oh, sure, sure, sure. 
I, I'm like now annoyed that I don't can't find out the kid. Oh my god, Ken Lerner was in RoboCop too. I'm gonna go back and rewatch. Uh, Can I ask him about it? I will. What is the? I'm trying to find out the kid's name, Andy. What, the kid that is playing this, or the, the kid, kid in, in RoboCop too. Oh, I don't know. Uh, what is? I know Tom Noonan played Kane. That I know. Uh, Oh boy, Andy Cover, talk, talk, say something. Well, well Tim McCormick is in this episode again. Yeah, he looks into the camera. Um, Patty, you already said that. April, April Grace is the transporter chief. I wonder how many episodes she's in. I bet you a lot. <laughs> oh, she shows up in. Uh, she shows up in uh, DS Nine too. Uh. Transporter Chief? April Grace is Transporter Chief Hubble. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Hubble, of course, named after the telescope of the same name. Yeah. What? That doesn't make any sense what I just said. It doesn't. Uh, Andy, I'm not having any luck. I'm sorry. Figuring out who the child villain is in RoboCop. I'm sorry for your troubles. Uh, Child. I'm typing in RoboCop 2, child actor, and it will come up. Can okay, you have to add you. a lyric about this? Gabriel Damon. What is the name of the kid in this show? I don't know. I closed my computer. Open your computer back up. Um, don't tell me that's not him. Oh, no, that's not him. Who is that then? I don't know. It's Gabriel Damon. Uh, the kid in the show is Chris Demetrol. Oh, my God. Gabriel Damon was in a previous episode then, right? I don't know. I can look it up. You can look it up because you will look it up. Thank you, RoboCop 2, everyone who was yelling at me about having the wrong kid. Is he the kid then that the Lieutenant Astor? Is he Jeremy Astor? I think he does show My up. voice Let's is see. falling apart. Uh, yes, is he, he Jeremy is. Astor? That's what it is. Jeremy Astor. Tell me this kid doesn't look like Jeremy Astor. <laughs> I have no recollection. Adult Jeremy Astor looks like Damien. <laughs> I don't think what this kid looks like? like Jeremy Astor. And I got face blindness. So maybe I'm not the person asking. was... Well, Beautiful. no. So as soon as she says men, of course. I love that. Because I'm now up on the series enough that I'm like, oh, it's Minuet. This is all a f- illusion or something. Yeah, and you're paying closer attention than probably the viewers were at that time. Yeah. So you you you, the, the, you got a little more enjoyment out of it. Than I did. It was really exciting. Because I, you know, even I was like, who the fuck's Minuet? <laughs> do it Andy <laughs> nope he could not do it 16 years you think I'll be able to hit that note come on dad you always make that mistake it really seems like he's not good at being a dad right there and is gonna beat the crap out of his son with that trombone <laughs> he's so angry don't tell me I can't hit that note <laughs> <laughs> I'm your father Worf to the to the captain's quarters I need you to take my son to the brig <laughs> Is waiting to By the way, Worf would have been awesome with a scar on his board. face from some battle. Sure. Disengage. Tomalock. He's got a weird throaty voice. Admiral Picard. Admiral Captain Picard. Riker. It's good to see you again. Ambassador Tomalock. Welcome aboard the Enterprise. I enjoy your goatee, Picard. It is Picard. an honor to be the first Romulan to freely walk about a Federation starship. 
Tomalak hasn't aged a day. The late great Andreas Katsoulis. Um He, I, I assume that Romulans and and Vulcans have similar lifespans, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't really expect him to age that much. Fair, yeah. By the way, Record yes. names his kid Jean Luc. What a suck up. Well, I mean, you want me to name my kid Secunda? Yes. To prove that you don't we have come despise to me, not to, to suck up to me. Largely thanks to Captain Riker. And we are grateful, Captain. The new alliance will greatly benefit my people. Especially in getting new mine. outfits. Oh, These are ridiculous. I'm tired of shoulder pads. Main bridge. The virus you contracted, Captain, have you fully recovered? I assure you. Captain Riker is quite well. He's looking forward to attending the final negotiations as planned. Excellent. Negotiation. The signing of this treaty is an historic occasion. You of all people deserve to be there. Thank you. <laughs> Ambassador. What do you think it is? I mean, he started he has started to realize that this is bullshit, right? Sure. Like I guess it would be from what? No, he has so a natural far. distrust of the Romulans, so maybe he's just like, they would never... T-. And frankly, that was my feeling, too, is just like, I don't even believe if Riker did save those Romulans that the Romulans would be like, oh, all right, we misjudged them. The Romulans just want to conquer everybody. Mm. They don't give a crap. But also, there's been little clues, and... Yeah. So his trust is uh, going out the window So this here. is the bridge of the Enterprise. But it does seem like this is built on just natural distrust of Romulans. And this, I assume, is your tactical position. So you could argue that it's close-mindedness that Excuse saves me. him. Admiral, Deanna, I need a moment with you. Commander Data, if you would accompany the ambassador on his tour. Certainly, sir. Excuse us, ambassador. Guys, I'm having a party, and I don't want to invite Tom along. Ambassador. I thought it would be best that we come over here. Data already knows about it, so it's cool. <laughs> you may find this of interest. These newly refined sensors are capable of pinpointing power emissions of a cloaked warp. By the way... I like how that keeps going when that's when the when the simulation guy is out of earshot. <laughs> they're just like, let it By play. By the way, yeah, it's, it's Riker isn't seeing this. They don't need to keep doing this. <laughs> was, oh, how cool would that have been if, as soon as Riker walked out, Data's like, and that's why the and then they just all stood there and didn't do anything. Well, that was what they would do if it was like a Twilight Zone, right? Yeah, right. By the way, I like this touch on Admiral, uh, uh, rather on in Picard's ready room, uh-huh. right here, Andy. I don't know if you can see that, but that is an Apollo uh, lunar landing module model. Guy likes his history. Tomalak, I trust the process we have built with the Romulans over the past four years. That wasn't what it is in the Royale, was it? They had some kind of... What do you mean? Old... uh, Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't an Apollo. It was like... Remember there were 52 stars? It was like from the near future. the future, right, right. Are you sure? You've always said it's a chess game with the Romulans. Move, counter-move. Guile and deceit. I sense no such dishonesty in Tamalak. His desire for peace is sincere. He wants this alliance. Uh, here's some fun noticing things of Matt uh, looking at this delta. Picard's delta is uh, gold in color uh-huh. with silver bars behind it. Four silver bars and a silver uh, star inside the delta. Which okay. is very much reminiscent of the old Enterprise logo, the USS Enterprises. Well, I guess it's the Federation Delta. You know, it has that star in the middle of it that we never see anymore in, yeah. in, in TNG era. It seems like it made a little comeback right there. Way to go, Barash. 
There's no cause for concern. Barrage didn't no do it. No cause for concern. We're talking about revealing the location of Outpost 23. The key to all of our defenses in the neutral zone. I'm sorry, Will. Your information is out of date. The strategic importance of Outpost 23 is minimal. Has been for years. We're into Outpost 24 now. Everyone is. Doctor. It's all Outpost 24 right. these Are days. You there, Captain? What is it, Doctor? Your son has been injured. He's been taken to sickbay. You'd better come down here right away. <laughs> son. What a what a nonsensical act break. For two minutes. Yes, Doctor. Can I talk to you for a moment? Wait, I'm having a party. First, if this is the first time. <laughs> I don't want to invite your son. <laughs> this is the first time Nurse Ogawa is seen. Yeah. And Nurse Ogawa is from this created reality. Does it count as a character payment? Well, no. My, well, A. <laughs> B. What? what if Nurse Ogawa is a simulation? <laughs> the entire time. Oh, boy. Wait. So you're saying he never goes back to reality? Yes. Wow. What if this is like his, what if his next, this Barash's next stage, maybe it's not Barash, maybe it's someone else. Right. What if their next stage is to then change the simulation for him to think he figured it out and beam aboard the regular It would fit the pattern. That's what he keeps doing. (laughs) He ends with the the Romulans and he ends again. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. This episode just got better. That I would love. For Andy. That I would love if at the end the Barash thing, Riker was like, I'm not buying this either. This is insane. <laughs> this alien is not a real thing. <laughs> and they're like, all right, all right. Uh, all right, I was probably a little younger than he is. It's just that for all practical purposes, this is my first day as a father and he almost kills himself. He didn't almost kill himself. He just broke his wrist, just like a lot of other boys his age when they fall. Well, doctor, you're the doctor on board the ship, so anytime anyone's injured, they're almost killing themselves. <gasps> Will, <laughs> how dare you? It's difficult. Difficult for you. What about for Jean-Luc? Can you imagine how he feels? Well, he's an ambassador now. Oh, you mean this one? You've lost <laughs> six years. Jean-Luc has lost a lot more than that. First his mother, and now his father. I didn't know the ambassador. Oh, yeah, you mean my son again? <laughs> Boy, why did I name him that? This is really a problem. It's important to me. That I don't let you down, Jean-Luc. You never have, Dad. You've always been there for me. I'll have to take your word for that. Because I don't remember any of it. Your first step, your first tooth, nothing. And I want to remember. I'm getting slime on my chest. It's I wonder my why. dream to... Get a nice hug from Will Riker. Will Riker in a turbo lift. <laughs> you, can, you can arrange that. I probably can make that happen. <laughs> weird breaks out a little too. bit, but. And then you try to pull us both out, and you fell in. I'm not sure I want to remember that. I don't really like Curtis Creek. <laughs> you don't want to remember my mother? You are a monster. What happened <laughs> to you with that virus? We went there for picnics and stuff lots of times. What was she like? Like a beautiful lady in a jazz club. She's great. <laughs> okay, uh, still following. <laughs> I better go change. Out of this weird, like, wrist spandex outfit. 
Well, it's a Parisi Square outfit, Andy. Come on. No, right, of course. Everyone who plays Parisi Squares knows what a Parisi Square is. Parisi Squares. Computer. Display family record. Riker, William T. Limit to visual. Okay, now, Matt. Yes, Andy. <laughs> is it suggested... Yes. In this sequence... Uh-huh. <laughs> ...that every moment on the Enterprise is recorded? Because if it is, no. hey, that's fucking creepy. No, this is, this is, this is obviously... Uh-huh. Minuet recording I see. on some sort of device. This hilarious scare prank. I see. Where their son, Jean-Luc, has has apparently uh, taken to his namesake's countrymen and has turned into a weird French clown mime. I see. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, you and your clown mask. What if he pulled that mask off and it was... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the alien's name the barrage. is. Oh, I forgot! <laughs> I forgot to cover this detail! Damn it! Damn it. <laughs> and then the Riker in the video freaked out. And you cut back to the other Riker like, what? No, and he comes back and Barrage is stunned with a phaser. <laughs> Riker is really enjoying it. He's having a great time. I, you know, I would too if I had a... I feel like they're family French mime clown son. <laughs> it would really be weirded out. They're also like, is there another one right after this? There are definitely like two, like two or three things with him wrestling like with his son. Well, it's like, what do, what do, what Father do human do. fathers do? These oh. are all the television writers that are never home with their children. Well, it's also, saying, I don't know. What do we do? Do you wrestle around with them? Kind of have fun? I think it's also more like character you know where it's like well they scan will riker's memory for what he does with his father and all they know is that they fight each other with ambu jitsu <laughs> so they just extrapolate it's just him playing ambu jitsu with well his he's son. gonna have to wrestle his son that's what fathers and sons do in will riker's reality i found this weird french mask should we throw that in sure what's wrong dad the computer still isn't working properly i can't bring up a visual of your mother but I know Mom's pictures are in there. Did you give a start date? Computer. Display. Family record. Riker. Mrs. William T. Home file. Start date. Five eight four one six. Wrestling, wrestling again. <laughs> wrestling in silk. Who's filming that? Computer Worf, <laughs> Worf, uh, come down. Uh, it's my kid's birthday, and no one else is around to film it. But I, I have other important things to do. I, uh... Worf, why do you sound like the president? <laughs> I was in here. I can film it. <laughs> I, I, I'm off. I'm off work today. Security. I'm on vacation. I'm going to Camp David later. <laughs> I love this. I love that it's minuet. This was a great detail to crack the whole thing. Sure. Love the music. Love that it's creepy. Mom was beautiful, wasn't she? Yes. What's wrong, Ned? <laughs> Say that thing to me again about the trombone. <laughs> the force to Riker. Riker here. Captain, please come to the bridge. On my way. 
I mean, he doesn't think initially maybe he met someone named Minuet that happened to look just like this holodeck person. I think it's the second part that's the problem. He wouldn't. She wouldn't look like him. Well, you never look. A big universe out there, right? Coincidences happen. I guess it's true. What if uh, he comes to Jordy and Jordy's like, uh, so look, Reg, uh, Reg Barkley's been working on holodeck stuff for a while. Uh, we think we figured out a way to make, make Minuet real. real. Sure. Or, <laughs> oh, you know what? We discovered that uh, that Minuet was actually based on a real uh, person. Sure. I mean, there's a number of ways to cover this. Yeah. I mean, not that this thing knows what's going on or what the problem is. Uh, but it's a weird act break for... Or it's not the act break, right? He's going to go up there and start confronting everybody. I do like this scene. What's the problem? I've had to shut down the warp engines, Captain. Why? Antimatter containment fields are fluctuating. There's nothing to worry about, though. We're in the edge of the neutral zone at impulse power, and you're not concerned? I'll have the engines back online in no time. Like you tracked down that faulty processing accelerator. Boom. I'm running a level one diagnostic. For 30 hours? I would never take you more than four. You're incapable of that level of incompetence, Mr. LaForge. Worf? Where did you get that scar? I was... In combat. What battle? The cool one. <laughs> Remember? It was like pew pew, and I was like, oh. The Ice cream? Which sector? Which unit? I like that Mr. fake Dan. wharf is freaking out. <laughs> fake wharf is so mad. <laughs> and and fake we... wharf, fake Jordy is really mad. Well, I mean, they should be. This is there. No, no way to talk to you. To me, I wonder if these are aliens group. playing the uh, like. What is, it's a computer. I right? assume it's, it's all just generated it? yeah. by. I have an outpost 23. At warp 1, three days, four hours. What about at warp 7? At warp 8? At warp 9? What's the matter, Data? What happened to those millions of calculations per second? It is interesting that these computers are so advanced that they can read his mind and create this reality and all this stuff, but they still, there's a lag? Yeah, there's a lag and hard math yeah. really stumps them, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm experiencing subspace interference, which limits my abilities. I can't operate as quickly as... What did you say? They're good at lying, I cannot operate. No. That's not what you said. You said I can't. You used a contraction, didn't you? Sir. In fairness, right, but we've heard of that before. Shh. <laughs> can't. Don't even try. Captain. Perhaps it would be best if we discuss this. Shut up! <gasps> Beg your pardon. I love indignant fake crew. <laughs> then shut up! and close your mouth and stop talking. Will, I sense how upset you are. You're angry and impatient. Deanna, back off. <laughs> well, would anyone else like to speak up? Or shall we end this charade? There's the ADR of charade. Yeah. Because he said charade. Charade. <laughs> I gotta... Oh, this might be the next... I gotta ask Frakes on this one. Yeah. That's like such a weird thing to... such A, such a weird choice. Sherrod. Like, was he bet like $50 by Patrick Stewart to, to like it? only say it Sherrod? <laughs> Is the writer on set not going to go, could you say charade? Could have. Can we just get one that says charade? Oh, you're probably not going to go up to him and say that. But he's, uh, but he might have just thought, I'm indignant. What do you mean? And yes, I'm, you are. I don't know. At that point in the series, maybe it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with the... Uh, with uh, Frakes' mojo. <laughs> well, I don't know, because, like, if that happens on our set, I'd do it. Like, if they're saying something 
incredibly wrong. Uh huh. Like, no, <laughs> that's not the word. <laughs> Lou, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? Because I'll go do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's. Give us one with charade. We'll yell from the video village and they'll do it. I mean, charade is a is a hilarious way of saying <laughs> it's it. crazy. It's it's a it's a, something that if you were trying to play high status, you might you might say this is all a charade. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a Gerard Butler. Uh, I <laughs> I think that it's very dumb, uh, Andy. I'd like to play this scene one more time now that I found the rap uh, air horn, and we'll see if it plays any differently. <clears throat> okay, here we go. <laughs> Antimatter containment fields are fluctuating. It's nothing to worry about, though. We're in the edge of the neutral zone at impulse power, and you're not concerned? I'll have the engines back online in no time. Like you track down that faulty processing accelerator. I'm running a level one diagnostic. For 30 hours? I would never take you more than four. You're incapable of that level of incompetence, Mr. LaForge. <laughs> Where did you get that scar? In combat. What battle? When? Which sector? Which unit? Mr. Data? If we left immediately, when would we arrive at Outpost 23? At warp one, three days, four hours. What about at warp seven? At warp eight? At warp nine? What's the matter, Data? What happened to those millions of calculations per second? Pardon me, sir. I'm experiencing subspace interference, which limits my abilities. I can't operate as quickly as... What did you say? I said I cannot operate... No! That's not what you said. You said I can't. You used a contraction, didn't you? I can explain if you would just give me a moment... No, you can't. Don't even try. Captain, perhaps it would be best if we discuss this... Shut up! (laughs) I said shut up! Really on fire. Then stop talking. How upset you are. It's really You're stupid. Angry and <laughs> I apologize. I sorry I put everyone through that. Whatever. Well, listen to charade. Would anyone else like to speak up, or shall we end this charade? <laughs> uh, I'm really glad we discovered that, Andy. Had I never been doing this podcast, I never would have uh, discovered that. So. Thank you to the listeners. So at least one good thing came out of this podcast. Maybe the best thing. Maybe. It's like a weird bit of trivia that I never would have known. And that is really all I live for. (laughs) As you wish, Commander Riker. It's pretty quick thinking on the part of the computer. I also like the way that he like said Commander like, I'm demoting you. (laughs) You're going to really feel this now. (laughs) The charade is over. The gray doesn't go away. I guess that must have been makeup. Or they just didn't bother yet because he's got the weird uniform, right? Until he walks out. Oh, it is makeup. Oh, yeah, they take it away. You're right. <laughs> what a weird thing to do. Did what a weird thing his... to like put the pips down and then. Do they change the pips too? That's hilarious. Well, they changed them to remove yeah. them. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. My son. You created it all. With the help of our neural scanners and what you would call a holodeck. Now please tell me, how did you discover the truth? The future we created for you should have been convincing. It wasn't. There was a computer time lag for one thing. Unavoidable. 
Our scanners have a limited response time, so whenever you strayed from our expectations, Surely that was not enough to... To smash your house of cards? No. It was the visual record of my wife, Minuet. Bad move. (laughs) I like how uh, cocky he is when he now is just going to follow it up with... uh, That's a holodeck person I fucked. (laughs) This is the thing is like he's not embarrassed at all. Oh. Like well we someone from your past was still alive. A woman you were extremely attracted to. Your mistake Tomalak. Minuet was nothing more than a computer generated fantasy I once experienced on another holodeck. Impossible. In your mind that woman exists physically. Your feelings toward her remain quite passionate. You are in love with her. You should have just... Look, I don't want to blow up Tomalak's spot here. (laughs) But had he just gone with Troy, I don't think he would have questioned it. It is true. She was part of a very special program. (laughs) Why is he not embarrassed by this? So little accomplished. If it was Outpost 23 you were after, why didn't you use your neural scanners to probe my mind? Our scanners are calibrated for Romulan brain patterns. When it comes to human brains, they are less efficient. There were gaps in the information we gathered from your memory. Gaps? Ridiculous. Of course it is. And that's why Riker said From what I saw, I find that hard to believe. You recreated the Enterprise, the crew. Every nuance, smell, sound, with perfect accuracy. I didn't see any gaps. I don't buy it, Tomalak. We're wasting time. Bring it! So, by the way, up till this point, the reason this is great, and everything's... All the turns are great. It's one of these mystery episodes, but it doesn't feel like they're wasting time. I'm interested at every step. Mm -hmm. Because I love the, the extrapolation of this is what he might be like the Enterprise might be like 16 years from now. So that in and of itself is interesting. I would have liked to have seen even more exploration, but I guess at a certain point, if you're going to say that's not the reality, you gotta you got to ditch it. But moves forward, yeah. love the removal of the realities, and love that they're playing to the top of their intelligence, um, which is an improv term, of like... Uh, that Riker's like, I don't, I don't buy this. Your logic doesn't add up. Because that's what I'm thinking when I'm watching it. So up until now, I'm like, this is the, this is great. What's going to happen? You are the Commander Riker of this podcast. <laughs> you are as smart as him, and you are as handsome. <laughs> I thought you said I was the Han Solo. Oh. Which I'll one, take that. Which one do you want to be? Um, that's good. That's a good question. That is an interesting question. Who would you rather be had you had to live? Let's say that both realities were real. Star uh-huh. Wars is real. Right. Smuggler turned uh, hero of the rebellion. Uh, turned, uh, well, I guess we're going to take it as canon. Oh, no. Oh, well, if we're including the recent movies, I'd rather be Riker. If we're not including <laughs> the recent movies, I'd rather be Son Solo. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. Right. Ends up pretty good for him. He ends up with Princess Leia. He's as cool as fuck. Look, it ends up pretty well for uh, Riker, too. He ends up ah! his Princess Leia. That's pretty cool as fuck. Did you just give something away? That he ends up with his Princess Leia? I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. 
move on. I like how Andy pretends he hasn't seen the movies. I don't remember things, so I don't want to refresh <laughs> on them. I also haven't seen all the movies. He gets his own ship eventually, you know? What are you doing? Why are Nothing. you doing this? You never see him in the ship. It's just like, you know, it's a prologue. He dies in season four. <laughs> when you and your colleagues transported to this planet, you were less than a kilometer from this base. Why are they walking so casually of him down the hallway? What is he going to do? He's on a Romulan base. Oh, wait, he's about to escape, isn't he? So. Oh, no, he's got, they got to take him to the We allowed first. them to transport yeah. safely back to the Enterprise, but your signal was diverted. They won't stop looking for me, Tomalak. They already have. Cool, right? Please, <laughs> say hello to your son. Jean-Luc. That is not his name, of course, nor have you ever really met him. We merely used his image to augment your program. Wait, you're letting him say program, and you won't let me say charade? <laughs> I'm walking off the set. <laughs> What have you done to him? While I am gone, please give careful thought to your situation. Also, if this light bothers you, we have a couple settings. We can also do it in orange. <laughs> so, Andy, you're still on board, right? Yep. Whoa. If we're going to get out of here, you're going to have to trust me. Easy. I'm not going to hurt you. Unless you tell me I can't play the trombone. <laughs> what do you think of this note? <laughs> I'm still your fake father. Who are you? How did you get here? My name is Will. Ethan. They brought me here with my parents. We were at a research station at Meridian 6. Meri <gasps> Meridian 6? Is that something? Whoa. That all just flowed back into my head. Did they do anything with that? No, it's not Meridian. It's Viridian. Forget it. I was thinking it was the, the system they go to in Star Trek Generations. Oh, that would have been nice. But it's Viridian. Six. On the edge of the neutral zone. I thought that was uninhabited. The station was set up last year. Then the Romulans came. It's odd that the Enterprise wasn't advised. Where are your parents now? They took them away. Do you know why the Romulans are keeping you here? No. I just want to get away. I'll get us out of here, Ethan. How? Even if we do get away, they'll find us found me when I escaped before. You escaped? Yes. I hid in a secret place. For weeks. They caught me when I came out to find food. I want that information, Commander. I want the location of Outpost 23. This was weird. Very well. I have been given permission to use whatever means are necessary. Ethan, no! Stop it! Well, you're, you're 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 smirking in disappointment, Andy. The, I, I, I'm okay. This is at this point. I'm getting nervous. I love the episode. <laughs> oh, you're getting nervous because there's only eight minutes left. You know they have to exactly. wrap this up super quick. And I'm like, I there. I do not like where this is going. And like, even the fact that Tomalak walks him in there, 
th- allows him to have his dramatic scene and then walks him, walks in again and is just like, we're wasting to come on. Let's get to it. Give me that. It's like, well, why would you walk out? So it doesn't add up in that reality, even in a shitty way. Like, it's not convincing. But everything prior to this is like, oh, it's kind of convincing and it just has some seams. Yeah. And now it's just like, whatever it is that's trying to fool him is doing a terrible job at this point. So I'm like, I hope it's not going to be a bad ending. Oh, so does that. Uh, so, Andy, you know the turbo lift scene? Okay. Guess what? That was a last minute addition to the script where he hugs his son. Oh, yeah? And admits to not wanting to make the same mistakes as his father. Uh, the pace of filming was going too fast. Huh? That's what this says. The pace of filming was going too fast. What does that mean? I assume it means they were meeting their days very quickly. Probably because Les Landau was like, Sherrod is fine. Yes, you can forget your line. <laughs> Let's go. Um, writers Larry Carroll and David Bennett. Karen had to meet after hours with Rick Berman and Matt, Matt Michael Piller to thrash out a new scene that that night before it was shot. Uh, what evolved was the turbo lift scene between Riker and his son in which number one admits his fear of repeating his own father's mistakes as a parent. Uh, weird, right? I've never heard that before. Well, we were a scene short on my season four script of the Goldbergs. Wait, are they saying that they were a scene short or that they were making their days too fast? I think that Larry doesn't quite understand how actual television is working. <laughs> so my guess is that the original script, they probably were like, They're just we're, like oh, we're going to be short running short. wise. Yeah, we're gotcha. a beat short on this. Gotcha. So we better figure something out. Reasonably. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to see that in action on the old uh, Goldbergs. There's a scene in Fonzie's game, mm-hmm. the season four episode Eric uh, Weiner and I wrote, where uh, there was a whole scene between Jeff and Erica and a tiny uh, lobster on the table that was uh, written by Bishop and I in about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we shot it because we were a scene short. Nice. And it's not that filming went too fast. <laughs> <laughs> So shot, which I can't imagine ever having happened in the history of television. Although I guess if you're running a show, right, and you're like they're going to be done a day early, yeah, you'd probably send more stuff down for them to shoot, right? Definitely, yeah, yeah. Even I mean, if it was just that, that they were all hitting their mar- like everyone totally was hitting should. it, firing all the cylinders, and you had a, but if you had an extra day of production, yeah, of course you throw another thing down there. Although Goldberg's does not do it sometimes. They just move. Away. They just say, "All right, we're done." Yeah, but never like a day short. Anyway, this kid really kicks some ass here. He'd be a good. Uh, <laughs> By the way, if your stage name is Gideon Schmorgasberg, you're hired. <laughs> that eight by ten rolls across my desk. I'm like, you know what? Let's hire Gideon Schmorgasberg. <laughs> what? No, no. Look, I mean, that's his name. We gotta hire him. Uh, how do you feel about this phaser fight? Like, so I want to know your feelings as as you're watching this. 
this escape I'm just scene. getting antsy, but I'm like, all right, it's an escape scene. There, it's clearly another fake reality. But like, where are they heading? How you clearly are like, this is clearly another fake reality. Yeah, at this point, I know it's all fake realities, and that's fine. And I assume it has something to do with the kid, and I assume the kid is pulling him in somehow. Mm-hmm. But I'm still hoping against hope that that it's going to have a satisfying conclusion. Hmm. Well, Andy. I hate to break it to you, (laughs) but there are no satisfying conclusions in Star Trek. That I like. I like that he figured out how to use the door lock. Ooh, door lock. That sounds like a Romulan name. Door lock. (laughs) Commander door lock. How dare you? How are we going to get this open? We're going to get this metal gate open. Uh, Bill, we're holding uh, pretty good disruptors here. We could probably just cut right through this. No, no. We should push for a little while and then stop. All this, right. This episode is still too short. We need to show them trying to push their way through the metal gate. And then scanning and then saying no. What, they shake off the scanner? <laughs> I guess, you know. They can't. They say. They explain yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. They can't. I heard them. There's something in these rocks. This one's Metallica. This one is Slayer. Heavy metals, everyone. I will uh, leave you all. Hit your air horn with that. (laughs) Forgot all about the storeroom. They rebuilt their tunnels. Seems like you would want to make that kind of noise. Well, I don't know if you know this, but all that metal in the walls, you can't uh, possibly hear that. Here's the map I drew. If we stole a shuttlecraft, that would get us nowhere because the Romulans could follow their own ship too easily. But if we broke into their communication system, we could send a message to the Enterprise. Can't do that. The transmitter is on a voice-activated security system only. Do you know whose voice activates it? Only Ambassador Tomalak. Who? Tomalak. Ambassador Tomalak? Tomalak is a Romulan captain. The only time he was ever called ambassador was in a holodeck fantasy. <laughs> the first one, where I had Minuet. Was and it? then, the second one. No. Where, which one was well, that? I, I love what how he's calling it a reference to? I don't remember that one. Oh, he's just calling that a reference to this. This, this, this future imperfect thing. Oh, that's thing, dumb. Where he's saying... That it was ambassador in that, right? And, he's and so the commander kid, everywhere. The the alien forgot. The alien's just not playing his part well. The alien just forgot and said ambassador. Yeah, Tomalak. And that makes sense. But why did say, for instance, and I even understand. Okay, the computer can't make the calculations of data fast. Why would it make the contractions mistake? Oh, you know what it is. It's like depending on how this fake brain scanning situation works where they're able to produce this for Riker maybe it's like they're scanning through his his memory of data mm-hmm. and they don't see that at first and then the second they fuck up they make he remembers right. oh shit right. so then their scanner goes fuck go back <laughs> I kind of like that and frankly I would like that attitude built into the AI that's running the system that would make much more sense and be more interesting yeah that it's like a little bit of an incompetent genius. It is a little genius. bit, right? Isn't it like the AI plays out a little bit? Yeah, like that. it does. You know about that. You, uh, you told me about him. 
Who are you? What is your part in all this? They found us. But you said the sensors didn't work in these tunnels. Uh, they must have fixed them. We gotta go. Where are we going to go, Ethan? The shuttle bay. There's still time. I've had enough. Commander, surrender your weapon. No more games. No more fantasies. I'm not going to play anymore. I like the music. I mean... It was never the Robin. It was yeah, you all like along, wasn't it? Now we're back up on the Enterprise for no reason. <laughs> right. About it, sir. It is his signal. Picard, Commander Riker, do you read me? Riker to Picard. I'm here. Are you all right? Yes, sir. I'm all right. What about Geordi at Wharf? We beamed them up an hour ago. They're fine. But we lost you in mid-transport. Where have you been? What is going on down there? I'm not sure yet, sir. But I think I'm about to find out. Also, I don't buy that that happens. The Enterprise doesn't send a shuttle down. Nah, that's true. With an away team that has yeah, full respirators, full search party or whatever, yeah, like that shows up in the you know in the in the in the naked now TOS spacesuits, totes, you know, totes my goats. Which, by the way, is a more interesting way for them to be found. Yeah, I agree. So, like, they're just these yeah people. Hey, next time you got so much time to shoot more stuff, guys. <laughs> How about you call Matt and Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea, though, of, like, the lonely alien. What shall I call you? I just don't like it in this context. Jean-Luc. Doesn't matter. This room, it's more than a holodeck, isn't it? Much more. The neural scanners read my mind. Give me anything I want. Just like they tried to give you everything you wanted. Everything I wanted? (laughs) Why are you so angry at yourself? (laughs) You probed the Enterprise. You lured us here so you could play games with me. I didn't want that. You did. Why? My world was invaded. My people? Killed. My mother brought me here so our enemies would never find me. This kid is great. It's really hard to find a good kid actor. They found her, didn't they? She knew that they would never stop looking for her. So she made sure I would be safe. She left the scanners to protect me. To give me anything I wanted. Anything? Then why did you kidnap me? I wanted you to stay. It's been so long. Just want somebody real. I thought that you'd be happy. I wonder how long it had been. Yeah. Like 200 years? That'd be cool. Could be. I'm sorry. I mean, I have to return to my ship. I don't I hate the ending as much as Andy does. I get that it's can be construed as unsatisfying to some or most come with me 
It's certainly... Uh, you don't have to stay here anymore. If there's any chance of a landing being stuck, it is lost as soon as they reveal the real alien. <laughs> yeah. Had they kept him humanoid? It would have been slightly less prom- yeah. You don't have to be alone anymore. And you know why? Also, he does that weird motion. So it's like, he's the same guy because his arms were in the same position. Oh, so stupid. What a creepy looking thing. This it's, will give me nightmares. It literally I feels... My name is Barrage. It's like high-level, refined television writers and directors and effects people made the rest of the episode, and then they gave it to a bunch of 13-year-olds to do this last two minutes. I want to make it look like a cool alien with a gray head, and his eyes are blinking, and he's got a voice like this. My name is Barrage. That's going to be great. Um, my my granddad's Gene Roddenberry. Couple things. Uh-huh. I don't know why you give him the voice. Sure. No aliens talk like that in Star Trek world. It's true. The Universal Translator seems to do a pretty good job. Yes. Um, and it's a, an absurd throwback for no reason. The way it speaks. Yeah. But I think, and the way it looks. Well, here's what and I, what it's dressed in. But here's what it's trying to do. I think. Uh-huh. And I might be giving it more credit. Than it is worth. Yeah. I think it is trying to take the, you know, alien, you know, because this is like the year of like, uh, what year did the movie Signs come out? I mean, not Signs. Um, fuck. What is the alien abduction movie that I refused to watch as a kid? Something in the sky. You fire in the sky. Fire in the sky. And this is also around the time of uh, peak popularity for Unsolved Mysteries, right? And whenever they would do an alien abduction thing or whatever, it would, they would show this fucking thing, and right? So they're trying to turn it on So its head. what they're trying to go and say is, you know what? Those things are real, and this is one of them, and this is what has happened to them. That's sort of what I always thought about it. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a high-concept, cool idea. Am I giving them more credit than they uh, deserve? I don't know. I think that's a discussion that was probably had at some point while they were making the episode. And for me, that sort of, that helped it stick the landing for me. Just that sort of like meta thought of like, what if that race is real? He's the last of them. And this is what has happened to them. Well, that's a lot of, because all they would do is presented in the show. (laughs) All they would do is brain scan, you know, Uh, you know, this is all from their years of probing. Sure. You know, they sent out a, they, they they sent out, they sent out a probe right. to the Enterprise. Sure. Like, I think that's sort of what they were going for in a weird way. I, that's I, just my I thought. don't think it's spoken to at all. I don't think See, they give even, it... Even the I motions they, of the actor is, is terrible. I wonder if it's the kid in there. I don't think they give it the time. We never see him again, do we? No, I don't think you see Barash again. Although I hope you do. Oh, my gosh. Are you so. listening, everyone making Star Trek currently? Oh my gosh, so dumb. Bring us a barrage. Andy, I'm really proud of us for getting through the episode that you didn't care for, but I did. No, I'm not saying that. It's going to be complicated, and I know we're at that point in the show, <laughs> to figure out what I think about it, because uh, because I really, really like so much of it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just blow it all at the end. <laughs> they blow it all at the end. There should be a thing like that, right? We should have a they blow it all at the end thing. <laughs> a jingle. 
Barash was played by background actress Dana Tujulander, who received no credit for her appearance. Dana, we credit you now. We speak your name, Dana. The costume was sold off on the It's a Wrap sale and auction. Let's see how much someone paid for this. I would not want that costume anywhere near me. I can't find it. It is so terrifying looking. <laughs> you really have a thing about those kind of aliens. Oh, I hate them, Andy. <laughs> I had, so I had like that severe. Barash's true form bore strong, strong resemblance to gray aliens in UFO folklore. I, you know, so dumb. I've had such a fear of those things since I was a very small kid, and I don't really know where it came from. Probably came from like uh, unsolved mysteries type shows and me watching like Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World or something, or episodes of In Search of. <laughs> Listen to this. This is in <laughs> this is this is the non-canon life of Barash. During his time aboard the Enterprise, Barash befriended much of the senior staff, including Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Beverly Crusher, Wesley Crusher, who taught Barash to play Parisi Square. That's right. Shortly after Barash was brought to Starbase Seven One Eight in the offices of the Federation Displaced Persons <laughs> Agency. <laughs> That's what our show should be. That's a great show. Let's do it. Um, during the month he spent there, Barash was cared for by the Andorian Zen in charge of the DPA office. DPA office, I love it. Uh, he also tried to assist the base commander, Admiral Sternberg, and her crew. You don't see a lot of, uh, oh, never mind. In determining his origins, uh, but they were unable to do so, concluding his people had likely originated from somewhere in Romulan space. He later was re- relocated to Earth and a youth community home in Ho Chi Minh City. There he became a mentor to younger children, and as an adult, there's a lot of stuff on him. As an adult, took on a formal role with the DPA, helping refugees. Um, following the Borg invasion of 2381, Barash, now a director in the Paris office of the DPA, recruited Crusher to lead a fact-finding mission to a refugee cra- camp, etc., etc. <laughs> but when he also was to travel to Deep Space Nine later on with several individuals to meet several individuals from the dominion this is exactly why i don't read anything what do you mean i love it it's i love that we read further of course it's It's insane insane. but it's also fun it's insane that someone would take that person i like it and that 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 minor character and and blow them out like that all right dpa it's it's crazy please persons why would you call it persons that's rude oh that is true does can person not yeah i guess a person would no likely referred to the Terrans Ugh. I've long thought the Federation a homo sapiens only club <laughs> um alright what's the matter Andy I think I'm just looking for my sound effect and you're I'm, so sound effecty today I really am having some problems today okay I'm not having any problems for the four seconds I'm talking right now here it is yep and uh, in honor of DMB, here's the DMB version. Oh, sure. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's... Nothing happens. Uh, I guess it'd be Riker not, because Riker... Not the transporter chief. Riker figures his way out of it? I guess. Um... Who, uh, what happens at the end? Data just scans and says he's on yeah. the planet? Yes. It's not the transporter chief. I don't know why they don't send anyone down in a shuttlecraft. I really feel like a lot of negligence in this episode. Let me ask you this question, Matt. Yeah, okay, I'm here. I'm happy to answer it. the episode is a poorer one 
when we don't have a clear MVC? Um, well, that's the thing, right? It's supposed to be like you need a you're supposed to be have a clear plot, clear goals for characters, clear right. uh, adversaries, clear uh-huh. problems. Yeah, and what we're not seeing here is any of that. And I think it ties into why it's problematic for me at the end. And so let's just get to this. Okay. The Andy. Oh. Or some other method of ranking. No, you're right. We're working on it. I mean, we didn't really say I an say, NBC. I yeah, say Riker. And I'll double down with you and say Riker as well. Okay. Um, so, I really like so much of this episode. And that 16 years in the future, and he's, and he's captain, and Jordy's visor has got all that stuff is great and so promising. And the design is great, and the makeup is great, and the characterization is great, and the acting is great. And I really just wanted them to explore that in an interesting way. But okay, you're doing the peeling away the layers of this mystery. I was still on board. But, and it's interesting you bring up signs because, like, the school of M. Night Shyamalan. No, you can't even put that in the same category. I guess all I'm saying is the school of M. Night Shyamalan is, like, when I saw Sixth Sense, I somehow saw it way after everyone else did but I'm good at avoiding spoilers when people don't shove them at me, even if it's common knowledge. And I still didn't know what the ending was, and I was like, oh, that's really clever. They really got me. And, um, and uh, But then there's this whole school of like, oh, well, it's all about the thing at the end. And it's like, that's fine, but if you don't nail it, if you don't have something that's really great that supports the whole rest of the thing... Fuck you, man. That's what I say. That's why I was so enraged at the end of Lost. I don't... Again. I know. But, look, uh, I don't know what you wanted from the end of this episode. What, there, you can't... Here's how, here's how I test this thing. If you take away the end, is, it, is the progression of the story satisfying? And the progression of the story is not satisfying if you take away the end. You know what I mean? I think it is very satisfying. You're, I mean, aren't you saying you're satisfied with everything but the end? You were satisfied with the entire progression of the story, except for the last three minutes. Yeah, but the, the story, the forward momentum leads to a thing that's not satisfying. So... Mm. Yeah, I mean, not, I, I, I found it satisfying. I, you know what? I'm, I've got, I, under, I hear what you're saying. So I do think it's not like... Like in Lost, the, virtually every scene is built on tension that will not be paid off right and so there's so many things in lost that i love in terms of the design and, the, and so many things but that the entire tension tension is built on that and i think there are more things going on in this episode with the cleverness of of everything uh it's just a shame that's all what do you give it I really like this episode. I always have really enjoyed it. It's one of those ones I rewatch a lot. Uh, this, this is a seven for me. It's a solid seven episode. But I think you know. I think I'm grading it high. I I, and I, I see what you're saying, but I like my meta explosion of what the ending actually is. It's really hard because I enjoyed almost all of it. And it's very strange to me that they would have lost it so badly. At What's the end. a thing? What's another thing you can remember watching, but just hating the ending of? And I don't want to discuss like series where you don't like the finale, right? Because that's that's just always like, a, it's a higher you're level building of too much difficulty. Right. Yeah. 
Um, huh, movies. Uh, I mean, you know, I didn't like uh, I, I, I the the ending of Unbreakable ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. It's like M Night Shyamalan always builds to a thing, right? Did you see the last movie he did? The one with Mark Wahlberg? Oh, is it was no, the one with um, the the kid in split the personality. Oh no, I didn't see that one. Split is the name of that. That's I heard that was okay. I heard that was okay too. I'm asking you. I didn't see it. Um, huh. I guess a six point five. It's not even going to be that much lower because I really enjoyed the rest of the episode. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to give a meal credit, and if the dessert's bad, you know what? It's bad. But the rest of the meal was so good. Thank you for that entree. Television. <laughs> All right. Andy has nothing to say to that. He's just scratching his head. How did I get myself into this? Why am I in Matt Myers' house right now watching a trailer for a show that aired 18 years ago? Sorry, oh, 28 years ago? Before you get to that, Matt. Yeah. Um, this is where I'm going to put this now. Uh, folks. Business. If you'd like to uh, send us a voice hail, uh, you can do so at 816-TREK-TNC. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. The gentleman across from me is Matt, at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. For direct hails, for direct hails, sttncpod at gmail.com. Um, and our Patreon for bonus content. We're doing the Marvel movies. We're doing, we did the Orville this month yeah Hulk. pilot of the Orville the Hulk is available now Black Mirror's uh, USS Callister is available if you want to hear Andy and I do essentially this show but to those things go ahead and check it out Patreon and you can vote on other things patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC alright Andy it's time for us to watch the trailer for the next episode of this uh, series uh, it is uh, se- season 4 episode 9 it is called Final Mission are you ready I am here we go Brace yourself for impact. A gutsy test of survival on a desolate planet. And a daring sacrifice. Captain Picard? I may not make it. If he doesn't get water, he's never going to survive. I'm not going to let you die. The courage to face death on the next exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. There you go. It's hard to tell, but it looks good. It is hard to tell. I can't tell you the last time I watched that episode. Interesting. Probably about 20 years ago. Huh. All right, Andy. It's time to thank the people who make this podcast possible for us to continue. God bless those swanky, luxurious people. Oh, they're so swanky and so luxurious that they have full access to... The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. They aren't presidents, no matter how many times you mistakenly call them such. That's true. I'm, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot give you that position merely by forgetting that we are not giving you that position. Uh, so, Andy, here's what I'm going to do this week. We're going to beam directly in there. Okay. But I've rigged it so that the second we beam in, the theme... Will play as though we've walked in the door. Isn't it amazing? He's really, he's really tinkering in the Jeffries too. Well, you know, I had some downtime uh-huh. between missions, and uh, I was like, let me see if I can reroute this uh, sound cue. See how hard he's working for you. You know, it it took a lot. I had to move some isolinear chips around, but at the end of the day, I think you're going to be very pleased with the results. Here we go. Andy, uh, you ready? Let's yeah. step on the pad here. Okay. All right. Two to beam directly to the president's circle. 
Oh, it's working, Andy. It did it. Uh, so pleased. They were a little confused. Oh, they the looked weather all around. See, he was coming still, in the door. Oh, it's still raining in here. So, oh, I mean, that's interesting. Look, I'm, I'm happy with that, though. I like it. Yeah. I we live in L.A., so I sometimes wish we could activate the the rain. Well, I mean, we live on, on the, the ship. holodeck. We're from L.A. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we live in the holodeck program that duplicates L.A. most of the time. <laughs> really, very stupid of us. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. Why do we go to work? What, what, a, <laughs> what is? What a terrible city to <laughs> keep re- keep <laughs> replicating. We could be literally anywhere in the, in the known galaxy. <laughs> so insane. And we've chosen uh, Hollywood. We, we can go to the weird planet that uh. Troy and. Uh, and Riker have have it out on. Oh, we could go to the future imperfect enterprise. Ugh, anywhere. Oh, it is a future perfect week, which means it's time to talk about some imperfect beings that are known as the President Circle members. So, Andy, yes, it's time for our shout-outs. I'll kick things off. Okay. Hey, it's Anders Peterson, everybody. Oh, right over in the corner is Jeff Gannon. Oh, and uh, bringing up the, uh, the, I'll call it dead center, it's Lynn Perdue. Our most royal non-president, Sir Ren- Reginald Pennybottom. And our president that most sounds like a failed wrestler, Jet Jurgens. There's Colin Chaddock. Oh, hey, look, it's Derek Atkinson. Jesse Glasby. Oh, and there's Richie Davis, uh, Richard, by uh, his friends. C.C. Sadler. He's CC'd on every email that's ever been sent. Oh, that is really inconvenient. That's a lot, that's a lot of, in his inbox. I hope it's really overflowing. I apologize up. for laying that on you, C.C. Uh, and then we have uh, Rob Rinney, or Ryan, I'm going to say Rob Rinney. That's how we're going to pronounce that. Masato Kaida. Masato, if you could write in the, or if any of you want to, into the uh, your name, the uh, phonetic, phonetic pronunciation, yeah. I'd love to know. Uh, but I'd say, I'd say Kaida on that. Kaida. Or Kaida? We don't know. know. Kaida actually, I think, sounds closer. Here, I got this one, though. Ready? Go ahead. Hey, it's our good friend, Neil. I think it's Neil. Oh, oh, man. Tim Sable. Sable? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I wonder how long the segment would be if we knew how to pronounce things. Oh, it could be so much faster, but uh, thanks to Ernesto Castagna. Uh, Stephen Herman. Uh, Kyle Thompson. Stefan Herman. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Vincent Neri. Uh, Troy Ray. Rebecca Shavira. Okay. Gareth Case is here also. Jesse Hendricks. Oh, and there's uh, Derek Hawkins, everybody. Robert Denton. Oh, it's it's Claire Powell's. Kyle Vester. Oh, Sounds there, like Vesper. It does sound like Vesper, but I feel like Vespers. Kyle likes to wear uh, what would look like a jacket with no sleeves. That's right. He's a Vester. That's right. That guy's a total Vester. Uh, Eric Mon. Hoot and Waddle. <laughs> let's see. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hoot and Waddle's a podcast. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. Or a network or something. Is that their way they're of... A, they're a writer in of the... of the. They also support the Excellent Adventure over there, Andy. Wow. Uh, and, uh, oh, this is a great one. Holy whatever, Batman. <laughs> that is amazing. Kathleen Guzman. Uh, we have a, a Christopher P. Gil double, double L there. And right below that, we have a Kristen... Scalisi. Yeah, that's the goddess of carbs over on uh, on Twitter. Nice. Follow uh, I follow, followed her for a long time. Does she tell you to eat carbs or tell you not to eat carbs? I think she's uh, pro carb. Oh, that's that's my kind of friend. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Luke Cummins over here as well. Samuel Rebessel. Rebessel? 
Ribisol? Ribisol? Eh. Sounds like someone who would have invented... Again, if you like us Like talking, a neutron bomb or something. Oh, no. Ribisol. Well, right, why not did he do that? Thing. Why he did he do that? He why didn't he use his science for good, Andy? He would have discovered penicillin then. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, rounding out this week's uh, President's Circle uh, shout-outs, we have Amanda Boutwell. Um, now, guys, thanks so much, uh, guys and gals, uh, those and theirs, they and them. Uh, thank you for uh, supporting the podcast. We have some exciting uh, developments on the horizon for the Patreoners. Um, and uh, if you uh, signed up in October, you were charged uh, November 1. And that's these are all the, all the October patrons uh, are being read this month. So if you join this month, stay tuned for next month when we read your name then. Uh, in the meantime... Andy and I must now eject the warp core, right? No, no wait, don't, don't, don't do, do that. that. We'll be stranded. No, yeah, uh, we're gonna beam into uh, just dead space. <laughs> That's fair. as we do every week. <laughs> That's what we feel inside, anyway. Disengage. Oh no, Andy! It didn't work. I just beamed everybody into space, but us. That's what you isn't that what you said you always do? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. <laughs> Let's just enjoy the rain really together. Really calm and nice in here. Mm. Mm. So you excited about uh, next week? Watching yeah. that uh, final mission? Yeah. I wonder what it'll be like. Well, part of me thinks I'm going to be bored by all of it. You think so? Oh, I do think that. Did you not think that? No. Tune in next week where we Who find knows? out what Andy we thinks. We might be fighting like cats in final missions. Meow. Bye, everyone.